welcome to UFO Party and X-Files Podcast. I'm Julia. And I'm Erin. And today we're doing episode 12. 12. Called Fire, um, which was wild. <laughs> it <laughs> to was say something. Um, how are you? What's going on? You know, same old same. Every, every day is the same. Um, but... I'm doing okay. I officially have a tentative date that we might be able to go back to the office, so that's exciting. Yeah, I I'm feeling like really ready. Um so, I don't know. It could change. It's already changed twice, but right now they're hoping that by like halfway through June, which is still a while yeah. um, from now. <laughs> But they're hoping like um, like June fifteenth that week we'll be able to go back to the office. But um, who knows? Because it really just depends. They don't want to send us back unless daycares are open because it's not really fair to people who like have kids and don't have childcare. So that is a good point. So yeah, they like sent out a survey and stuff, and I guess like depending on how many people are saying like I can't do that, then um, that'll determine it. But at least it feels like somewhat things are happening, and there is maybe an end in sight. Yeah. At least yeah. a little. And bit. <laughs> I moved in two weeks. So. Yay! And my birthday's in two weeks. Yay! Double clap. <laughs> Gemini season, baby. Woo woo. <laughs> so close. Yeah. Uh, that'll be nice. Hopefully, you can, like, kind of do something. <laughs> At least, yeah. like, a little low-key. I mean, literally, my, my birthday is May 31st, and we are moving June 1st, so more than likely, we will be packing up everything and starting to move in, because we get the keys on the 31st, so. Yeah. That's how I'll spend my 25th birthday, which is wild. Oh, little baby. Yeah, it's okay, though. It's just, like, I keep seeing memories of, like, last year, like, my birthday, Dylan and I were in Cork and, like, having, like, cheese and wine on the top of this fucking hotel like balcony and it was just beautiful and we just did like all of these great things and had a great dinner and I'm like and this year I will be (laughs) moving and unable to see any of my friends cool yeah well that was one side of the spectrum and now you're on the other yep (laughs) you you got your good birthday and that's it yep (laughs) once in a lifetime bye no no it's okay honestly I don't make that big of a deal about my birthday anyways, because I usually just, I mean, it'll be weird to, like, not even be around friends, obviously, but, yeah, whatever. Did we go to the Grange for brunch for your birthday? Uh, that was two, no, that was two years ago. Whoa, what the fuck? Right? (laughs) Yeah, it, that's wild. Yeah, it was definitely two years ago, because I... Last year, I, like, graduated, and then, like, a couple days later, me and Dylan went to Ireland, so I was in Ireland, like, right around this time last year, Yeah. Um, 
Aww. and I was there until like halfway through June. So um, yeah, that was two years ago. It's so strange. <laughs> Which is time is insane. But yeah, doesn't feel real. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's my life. What, what's <laughs> up with you? Um, I mean, how I'm, you doing? I'm great. In pain, but great. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's good. Yeah, I'm. Try- I don't know what's happening with work at all. I also kind of don't care, Loki. Um, yeah, I'm trying to finish my applications for school so I can kind of get that ready for when fall starts. But oh shit, you're gonna yeah. go back to school? I didn't even know that. Oh yes, <laughs> I went on like a school tour. Um, I think in February, like early February. Oh maybe. no, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, for um, like mortuary science, mortuary stuff. Yes, I gotcha. I it. did know that. Yeah, I was like, I would have felt like an asshole if I didn't tell you that. No, I I'm an asshole. I just it's been so long that I forgot about it. But yeah. I mean, if anything, this has just made that more of a a need, so I don't get put in a position where um I'm not in a line of work that can potentially close down because people die all of the fucking time and need to be taken care of properly so yep yep time to live my dream of handling (laughs) dead bodies I guess like a fucking weirdo (laughs) nice yeah that's exciting yeah yeah I'm I'm just mostly really excited to hug my friends eventually one day and yeah. um, get drunk at Ogie's and <laughs> I don't know, probably cry because I'll probably be so emotional. I'll be like, oh my God, yeah. I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Which is all the time anyways, but right now Dylan's the only one that can deal with it. So I just get drunk oh. and I'm like, I miss our friends. Oh. <laughs> He's like, why are you crying again? <laughs> I'm sad. No. It's yeah, okay I miss, though. I miss trivia. <laughs> I say yeah. that like every week. You literally say that every week. You're like, I'm doing great. I'm flourishing, but I miss trivia. <laughs> yeah. It's just like Love so it. much fun, and I don't know. <laughs> no, that's fair. I totally, I feel you. Yeah. I miss trivia too. Hmm. I but miss yeah, like our let's... power team. I know. Even though we, I don't know. I think we're gonna come back better than ever. I've oh, been, yeah. um, I've been reading a lot and kind of going on some weird like tangent loopholes in Reddit. So I, I feel like I'm starting to get my facts up, and I'm, I'm gonna be really good at trivia. Okay. Although I basically have not been listening to music, which is so bizarre, but I like usually just listen to music at my desk or when I'm driving and I have not been doing (laughs) either of those things so like the other day I went um to go see my mom and like I was driving there and it's like a half hour drive and I was just like listening to the radio and then I was like oh my god I haven't listened to music in like a month yeah I was like this is so weird so I'm probably gonna fail the music round but (laughs) well I mean that's where your girl comes in. Yeah. I don't... 
I don't know if that's true, Julia. You're not that good at the Listen, music round. <laughs> I am good at music in general. You're only good at the '90s round, and that's it. And like <gasps> that's the maybe not like true. <laughs> Listen, since they that switched always... it, since they switched it from like oh, they actual music easier, yeah. and not the decade stuff, it's been way more up my alley. That's fair. Yeah, they and... did switch it. Like, I think there were two weeks in a row where I literally got, like, all of them right. Oh, no. My headphone came out. Um, (laughs) And I was, like, so proud of myself. So, yeah. So, ha. Ha, ha. Suck it, butts. Should we get into this? Yeah. Um, So, before we start, what do you think of this episode? Just, like, kind of going back. Do you remember watching this the first time? Do you like this episode? What are your thoughts? It definitely doesn't stick out to me. Like, I I don't remember watching it the first time, but I remember parts of it. Like, I... Because this is the first time we get Cape Cod, um, Mm -hmm. which Mulder's family is supposed to be from, like, the New England area, which is way more fun for us, having we live here. (laughs) Um, Having we live here. (laughs) Yeah, but... um, uh, I don't know. I don't like this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, very much. There's a lot of things that I feel like there's, like, a lot of loose ends that they don't talk about. A lot of, just, like, I feel like they're trying too hard to, you know, like, how sometimes in X-Files, it's, like, it's very clear that they made an episode because they wanted to prove a certain point right like they'll have a whole episode like showing that like scully is loyal to Mulder or something like that but like the intention is like almost too clear where it's like they're basically like beating you over the head with it and it's like yeah like we didn't you could have been a little bit more subtle and we still would have felt that but you didn't have to basically (laughs) tell us like hey this is the plot of the story yeah boom And I feel like this episode, I mean, they really could not be more obvious about, like, we're going to bring in a love interest for Mulder and Scully's going to get kind of jealous and it's going to be weird because we really want to beat into you that we're, like, trying to kind of have these characters figure out their chemistry. And it's like, I mean, they, they just say it so obviously that it kind of annoys me. Yeah, I mean... I will say I, like, dove into some stuff a little bit, and I think this is basically just Chris Carter wanting to create canon, um, which we yeah. can get into when we, like, actually introduce the character that we're talking about. Um, yeah. But, so, like, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's definitely, like, a little too much, because, um, frankly, I find her very irritating. <laughs> and it's oh, not yeah. just no, because she she's not worst, Scully. But, but um, Yeah. But it, we, yeah, let's get into it. So we start, um, our episode starts in England. And it shows basically like an older man. He's getting ready to leave his house. And he's saying bye to his wife. And then we see basically a shot of what appears to be like a gardener or like one of the house staff basically um and he's watching him and then all of a sudden he just combusts he spontaneously catches on fire 
and dies. Can I say this is the quickest intro we get? Like, ever. I mean, really, right? Isn't it like it's? It seemed like it was one minute. Oh, it, it was Maybe. because I. It was like exactly a minute and a second because I went back and I was like, wait, did I fucking miss something? So I brought right. it all the way back to zero and no, I didn't. It just escalated so quickly. I mean, yeah, it's literally, that is the whole scene. Like usually yeah. we kind of summarize the, even like the beginning scene because usually it's just kind of like a snapshot. But this was literally him saying goodbye to his wife and then catching on fire and dying. And that is all you get for the beginning scene. Yeah. Boom. Done. So that's bizarre. Absolutely wild. But um, from there, we go to Washington, D.C. And we see Mulder and Scully, and they're getting out of, um, I think, a a trial. Yeah. Um, And so Scully's kind of, like, saying that she missed going to court and stuff and that she hasn't been in so long. And Mulder's like, that's the good thing about X-Files. There's nobody to prosecute. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's why I hate this bit. I'm like, what? I hate yeah. it. <laughs> we do get some, like, cute little banter here. Um, because they're, like, trying to get into the car. And Scully's like, hey, door's unlocked. And Mulder's like, I'm pretty sure I locked it. And she's like, well, it's still Must be an X-File. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It was very yeah. cute. But um, there is... A mystery cassette tape yeah chilling on the dashboard and you and i both like took note of this but obviously they don't know what it is and Mueller goes 10 to 1 you can't dance to it i can't and <laughs> it's is, like such I a really weird like phrase that. i don't even like <laughs> I, I love I it it's fun it's like how do you remember when people would be like placing bets on shit or they were like odds and then they would like say like 50 to 100 or whatever and if you i don't remember the ins and outs of it but <laughs> they don't do shit like that i think it's a little dumb you know what i mean well wow, not is really great but, <laughs> but i know i did like that line too though yeah um, when you can't dance to it you know like just it's classic like kind of snarky molder yeah. and i i love it but, but they say that, and then this woman just comes out of nowhere, which, like, honestly well, scared me. <laughs> well, even before that, so it's supposed to scare you. They put the cassette tape in, and the cassette tape basically is, like... It's a woman it's, talking. It's, yeah, it's this Cryptically. British woman talking who, like, it reminds me of an episode of Archer. Like, it reminds okay. me of the lady in Archer, who's always, like, giving the, like case details or like the like i don't know i like don't even watch that show that often but like as soon as i heard it i was like is this literally like the voice from archer i have not watched archer in a very long time and i actually thoroughly enjoy that show um but like kind of like jerry and totally spies did you watch oh my that? god yes yes <laughs> thank you yeah it's every spy <laughs> show movie anything needs to have an english voice who's telling you what the fuck's going on yeah um which is what's happening but it's coming in like a very threatening way so they're basically like um retelling a story of someone in england who had um the prime minister right 
or someone yeah, on like uh, um, yeah i believe someone fuck, on, what do they call it parliament right yes it was someone okay. in parliament because yeah. now it's it's what three people yes um that have been targeted but basically yeah the tape is saying that this person um was in his car and he accidentally set off a detonator because he didn't know that the handle would set off the detonator and he ended up being blown up and it's super scary so then of course they're like fuck how are we gonna get out of here we can't touch the handle because (laughs) we think it's It's gonna gonna make us explode (laughs) and all of a sudden this lady opens the door and it's the lady from the scully like (laughs) Yeah, Scully fucking gasps, and she's like, did I scare you? <laughs> but, and what is Phoebe Green, is her name? Phoebe Green, yep, from Oxford. Yes, which we so, very quickly learn is from Mulder's she's past. She's the worst. Yeah, yeah, she's very annoying. I mean, I'm she, sure she's lovely, yeah, but... Yeah, I mean, oh, no, I'm she sure she's actually not. She's not lovely. She's terrible. We yeah. can just say that um fair (laughs) she yeah like immediately again like one of those things where like it is obvious enough when they greet each other and then like basically like make out for a second that they know each other but instead of just leaving it alone chris carter's like well we better tell the listener that they used to date so then she's like don't tell me you've lost your sense of humor that you used to have 10 years ago in Oxford when we knew each other because we went to school and we used to fuck, right? What, what did and he say? He was like, that's the only thing you didn't, like... Drive a stake through. <laughs> yeah. One of the few things you didn't drive a stake through. But it's like, that line... Oh, God. I mean, she obviously doesn't say as much. I'm being totally... Um, I mean, that's basically what the fuck she was getting at. Yeah, but like... Poor Scully. It's just, it's so obvious and it's like okay and then she kind of leans into um Mulder after Mulder and Mulder introduces her to Scully and then she leans in and this has to be one of the most like after this I was like I hate this bitch I'm done yeah because she leans in and she goes she hates me and it's you can tell that she just gets such satisfaction over the fact that Scully doesn't like her, and like I think we all know people like that, and oh, I, you know what, we've she's... all been there, and it's just so frustrating. She's probably a fucking Leo. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Can we get a horoscope on this bitch? <laughs> oh, um, trust me, I got some for this episode. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Not but... actually, just like my opinion, but you know, love it. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't need to be fact. We're just. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I oh god, that line where she's like, she hates me. You can tell she loves that she's making Scully jealous, what she thinks is jealous. She loves that she's I mean, she's making everyone uncomfortable. It's it's an uncomfortable way to greet someone, and yeah. also you just thought it would be funny to make them think that they were going to die. So, yeah, she probably doesn't like you that much, actually. It was a weird way to meet someone. Um, Either way. She's ruining a good name, too. I like the name Phoebe. It reminds me of Hey Arnold. (laughs) Oh, I think the reason I like it is because of Magic School Bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is the first time that I've 
complimented someone's name on this podcast. I know, usually you're like, fuck all of them. (laughs) I like P names, okay? Okay. I think they're cute. Phoebe and Penelope are my favorites. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Just check all my Sims children's names. (laughs) I love it. Um... But yeah, so Phoebe kind of explains that she's there because obviously Mulder's like, what are you doing here? But um, she explains that an arsonist is targeting the uh, parliament and that he has been burning his victims alive, but there's no trace trace of what's starting the fires or how he's doing it. Yeah, they're legitimately um, finding zero evidence. Yeah, but she does say that the... Um, suspect is mailing love letters to the victim's wives before he strikes and Sir Malcolm Marsden his wife received one of these letters so that caused them to go to Cape Cod to hopefully lose the uh, arsonist escape through a very extensive and long vacation (laughs) exactly yeah um and then, yeah, so she kind of explains this, and then she walks out of the room, and after completely ignoring Scully the entire time, she, like, walks out, and then, like, last minute goes, oh, goodbye to Scully, and I'm like, ugh, it's just I can't. Petty. I don't She's so like petty. people like this. <laughs> She's so petty, and it's like, you are just not hot enough to be acting like that. I'm sorry. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. I, I um, agree. <laughs> really though like what who she kind of looks like Mulder a little bit she kind of looks like Mulder or like they what? have the same like style interesting and, like hairdo <laughs> and like facial structure a little bit what all right I did not see that but okay <laughs> sure um but either way so Scully and Mulder go to oh wait no Actually, They're Phoebe stuff to an arsonist, right? Or an arson guy? <laughs> Not an arsonist. Um, an arson guy yeah, is what I, I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, a pyrotechnic expert. Yes. But is Scully I, there with him? With them? Um. No. No. Right. So. It's just Phoebe and Mulder. And Mulder. And so the pyrotechnic expert Ugh. is kind no. of a weirdo. I He is so stoked, and I'm not a fan of it. Who gets that excited about people dying from fire? Um, I mean, I guess pyrotechnic guys. Yeah, true. Um, but either way, so he basically says that, like, the only way that it would have gotten hot enough for this is if jet it was... Fuel? Yeah, like rocket fuel or jet fuel. Um, and he, like is just really obsessed with fire so he starts going on and on and this is where we get this wonderful line about um fire being a certain has a certain demon poetry love it wicked dark i love it that's our second fragrance (laughs) paranormal dk is first this is the second demon poetry um yeah it'd be a great name it can smell like i love it we almost have, yeah, like firewood, but also rocket fuel. I mean, honestly, Dias and Durga has like a, a gasoline scented candle and it's really fucking good. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's supposed to smell like 
like a... I mean, I like gasoline. I like the smell of it, so... Yeah, I think it's supposed to smell like a gas station that the concrete has been rained on, and it smells really fucking good. Yeah. That's very specific, and I love it. (laughs) Side note, this is a weird tangent. They make playlists for every one of their fragrances, and I feel so represented. That is dedication, honestly. Love it so much. So we should, like do our own or just team up with them even though they're very expensive okay well we'll have a discount like it's kind (laughs) of like remember um when vera bradley was really expensive and people actually liked them and then they teamed up with target for like a like discounted line we'll be that that happened but yes oh yeah it was a thing oh wait no i'm thinking of lily pulitzer oh i do remember that because all the very like popular girls in my high school would shop at Lily Pulitzer. Yeah. I remember going because all I heard was like the name of the store. And I was like, oh, ew, I don't know. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I went I went to a very expensive, wealthy uh private college for like a year until I was like, oh wait, I can't afford this. <laughs> but everyone there really loved Lily Pulitzer and I was like, so you're telling me you just spent five hundred dollars on that tiny little bag yeah or like a clutch even and like i yeah no but i mean it was super preppy all the boys wore salmon shorts so it doesn't really matter Mm, but anyways we can be that we can be the very expensive candle lines discounted line yeah (laughs) that's what i strive to be honestly we'd be fucking cool and right? I don't really say that about, like, anything that I do that, like, we're cool, but podcast with a fragrance line, I'm fucking down. <laughs> All right. I love it. Perfect. Hell yeah. All right. Anyways, back to X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for this short break. Woo. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, then this pyrotechnic expert gets really weird and, like, ta- he's, like, you know, you can tell that he's, like, kind of talking about the fire because he's very obsessed with fire, but he also kind of <laughs> looks at Phoebe, and then he's like, oh, you've really, uh... He's like, I wish I was in your shoes or something like that. And I'm like, ew. Yeah. Dude, you're old. <laughs> I mean, that's not the issue here. And it's just weird, but, the like... The issue is he's he's a little too, too into fire. Yeah, but I think it was supposed to be, like, a, a double like an innuendo kind of thing right like phoebe is... yeah i'm saying the thing that like is is ill or the thing that isn't ill about him is him being old oh okay sure <laughs> <laughs> okay but what about his glasses yeah i mean his appearance not a fan of yeah uh anyways his jokes not a fan of either no but he gets super creepy on on Phoebe and starts kind of, it's like, uh, have you ever like been somewhere with like a partner and like someone starts like being like, whoa, aren't you like a lucky man or something oh, like yes. that? And it's like, like, damn, like she's, and it's weird. It's so weird. I don't know. People do it all the time yeah. and it's strange and I... And it's just like, hello, one, I'm right here. You know I'm right here, right? And I'm a human who can, like, talk and, right. and hear things. And you don't need to talk through my 
significant other. (laughs) It makes me feel like I'm, like, a doll that's trying to get, like, acquired by someone to, like, add to the (laughs) collection, and I fucking hate that feeling so much. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (gasps) I feel kind of like what that that's what the pyrotechnic expert is doing um he's like it's a nice lady you got there and she's like oh god i can't anyways (laughs) whatever then we see the marsdens arrive in cape cod yes and they have the cutest little dog yes his name is malcolm which is cute yeah. This entire family is the most English people I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, who names their dog Malcolm? I love it. Amazing. I feel like white people really love naming their dogs human names. Yeah. As especially a white person, like... I can confirm. <laughs> especially, like, fancy sounding ones. Oh, I don't like the fancy. <laughs> oh, I, I don't love... like it. But people do I don't it. like the, yeah, I don't like the fancy sounding dog human names but like i really like when someone's like this is my dog his name's jeff and i'm like what amazing oh like dustin's dog's name is small jeff and i think that's like the best what that's the cutest dog name that's so funny they call him sj for short it's so cute i love it love that dog love that anyways (laughs) can't that's so great Mm -hmm. um yeah so we see that Cecil Lively is he's there looking out the window he's there and he's he coding things and what like flame rocket fuel okay it's just rocket fuel yeah it's not like I think yeah I'm pretty sure it's just rocket fuel also can we go ahead and take a break because I have to pee <laughs> okay that's fair right, cool thanks alright bye and we're back hi sorry I suck that's totally fine um but yeah so we see the margins arrive in cape cod and we have cecil lively who was obviously the gardener that we saw in the first scene but now Um, he's playing part of as wow he's playing the part of groundkeeper named bob which very shortly after we realize he didn't just like assume that character he Killed the old groundkeeper named Bob. Yes. Um, and just took yeah. his place because who would know? Yeah, so he... um, So he goes up to the Marsdens. He introduces them. He's like, you know, I'm just freshening up here. And, like, if you need anything, like, super accommodating, super nice. And then the... Um, me out. <laughs> Marsdens... So the... I forget what his name is. But Mr. Marsden... looks at this painting and he's like hey like babe doesn't that look exactly like you and it's literally like a a portrait of her yeah and she's like no i don't really see it and it's like okay you're being modest let's be real (laughs) yeah i i don't even think she's being modest i think she's being like i'm hotter than that bitch honestly oh no i know i'm just saying like you know how when people are like, oh, you look like blah, 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 and you're like, I don't think so, and you, like, legitimately do. Yeah. Fair. Um, but yeah, so he gets all nice, and then he, we see a scene of him out, like, basically in the garden, and there's a hand sticking up from the soil. 
and the dog is kind of trying to go after it, obviously, because it's a dog. This makes me so mad. And he screams at the dog, and he's like, I'll skin you alive, and I'm like... He fucking kicks the dog. Yeah. So, fuck you. Which, like, like you. <laughs> the dog can't understand you. You don't need to tell the dog that it, he'll that you'll skin him alive, like... And then he feels the need to talk to no one and be like, I'm the groundskeeper now, which again is one of those points in this episode where I'm like, wow, Chris Carter literally thinks we're all idiots. Like he yeah. thinks that we really couldn't take the the evidence right in front of us that there's clearly a body under there and that Cecil has come to Cape Cod and has <laughs> murdered the groundskeeper he literally needs to tell us, like, side note, just in case you guys didn't get it, he killed the caretaker, and now he is assuming that role. Okay, carry on. And I'm like, yeah. you didn't need to say that. We get it. <laughs> Ridiculous. But, whatever. Um, And then we jump to the office, right? Yes. And Mulder admits that he has a huge fear of fire and that he know like phoebe knows this that's why she is kind of toying with him um which everyone is afraid of fire i mean like, can i, I just that pyrotechnics guy is true that's true but like i don't know he tells this bizarre story about his friend growing up how his friend's house burned down and they had to sleep in the rubble yeah. Very, very weird story. I feel like they could have picked anything else. <laughs> I mean, there Am like... I wrong? Like, that's a really weird story to be like, I'm afraid of fire. Be like, shouldn't you be more afraid of looters? So, Chris Carter picked that story because that actually happened to him. Oh, all right. Yeah. So Chris Carter based Mulder's boyhood experience of having to spend a night guarding from looters a friend's house which had recently burned down on a childhood incident that happened to Carter himself. Wow. He said, Thanks so I have that. this fear of fire and I thought I'd give Mulder a fear of fire, fear of fire as well. <laughs> hmm. Okay, do we ever, this is the first time we've heard of this, right? Yes. Do and we I think ever it's... see this again? No. I don't think so either. It's the only time we touch on it, and it's the only time that we even, like, see or hear of Phoebe in, in general. Right. I did know that. I mean, they were touring kind of with Phoebe becoming a repeating character, right? Um, I think so, but And I'm then so they basically they just... Yeah, I mean, I think basically they just looked at the chemistry between the two characters, and they were like, this doesn't make any sense, doesn't work. Um, which is great, because it really doesn't. I mean, Mulder seems, like, always uncomfortable around her, and it's just, like, very awkward, and she tries to flirt with him, and he's like, uh, you kind of ruined my life, like, please yeah. stop. <laughs> it's super awkward, but either way. So, yeah, um, we find out that Mulder hates fire. He's very afraid of it because of something that happened when he was younger, and... Um, he basically tells Scully that she doesn't have to work on the case and that he's going to handle it. Like, okay, cool, then, like, why the fuck is she there? <laughs> right. And he kind of premises it to be, like, I'm protecting you because, like, Phoebe's, like, 
really tough and like kind of hard to work with and kind of stuff like I don't know and then what oh god what does Scully say and then Mulder goes Phoebe is fire I don't know exactly what she said I don't know there's a whole lot of puns in here that are like ridiculous but you know like Mulder is afraid of fire and he says that Phoebe is fire and it's just afraid of her yeah which I mean yeah they couldn't have done like a worse job of picking Phoebe's character I mean really she I don't think that I mean I guess (laughs) I guess maybe 10 years ago in his stupid college brain I don't know I just feel like Mulder would pick someone more charismatic than this. I mean, yeah. I don't, I really don't think that he would go after this, like, very petty, I mean, he does say, like, she, you know, she's brilliant, and that's, like, kind of what attracted him to her in the first place, and then he kind of got in over his head, which yeah, is fair, but, like, I mean, she really does not have many redeeming qualities at all. Yeah, I mean, also more evidence that she's a Leo, because fire sign, but okay, Ooh. <laughs> I digress. I love it. Woo! I'm about to cough. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Sorry. Excuse you. I like got it got caught in my throat. I'm blah, blah. Your Just... mic got caught in your throat. <laughs> no, not my mic. That's impressive. I... <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Just. <laughs> oh no. I don't know. <laughs> It's, it's fine. Okay. Anyways, yeah. so cut to we see um, Cecil. He's kind of creeping on Mrs. Marsden, and I love her dress. She is wearing such a cute little like floral, flowy dress. It's so nice, very yes. '90s. I want it. But um, yeah, and he's kind of just creeping on her, which kind of reinforces um, what we knew before that he's kind of. He's been sending these love letters to his victims' wives and or his future victims' wives, and clearly, like, I mean, we have to just assume that he is the one that's painting these weird portraits of people, right? Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's in love with Mrs. Marsden. Apparently, I don't know how he even got to know her, but it's fine. He's creeping on her, and then. He goes down to talk to the driver, and the driver is, like, hacking up a lung. And he's like, I'm going to go into town. Do you need anything? And the driver's like, some cough syrup, please. So he goes to town, and he gets some cough syrup, but then he ends up going to a bar. Yeah. This this fucking dude. And, Yeah. Like, he has the bright idea of showing off his pyrokinetic powers in public, which is so sick. Like, yep. And... What what a great plan. (laughs) So his whole thing, right, is supposed to be... Apparently his criminal profile is that he feels the need to, to kill people because to make up for his, uh, like social and um sexual like downfalls basically like he is unable to attract people because he's so fucking awkward 
and then so he like gets mad and kills people i don't whatever so scully like tells us key characteristics of an arsonist later on yeah but i actually looked up like the actual ones because i was curious do you want me to wait until like later or now um no i think you we can talk about it now because i think it does help understand his motivating factors because i mean really i don't understand why would he go to a bar in the first place why is he there why would he set that place on fire like i i just don't get it (laughs) so a he's another one where i'm like i know his horoscope he's a fucking aries a another fire sign (laughs) he likes causing like wild ass chaos trust me don't get me wrong i love my little aries babies but y'all love getting mad for no reason (laughs) (laughs) um so i got the statistics from a scientific article written by um a dr sap and a dr huff from 1994 um but we have a few so just stick with me here but the typical offender in this category is male 84% of the time. This is for, like, arsonists overall. Um, generally, they're younger. 50% of arson cases are under 18, and 31% are under 15, which is fucking insane. I mean, that um, makes so much sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I um, just am thinking of all the um, <laughs> pyros that I know that are, like... I mean, especially when you were younger. Do you remember everyone, like, taking axe cans and, like, spraying literally everything with it to light it on fire? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> just my just my friends? Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> um, their overall marital adjustment and life histories um, were poor, suggesting that they lack stability in interpersonal relationships. Um, the average educational level of a serial arsonist was 10th grade. Only about one-third had regular occupations, and none were employed in professional positions. So th- it was kind of like a lot of entry-level jobs that didn't require a lot of education, like to back it up or experience. Sure. The family, <laughs> the family situation for most serial arsonists was either comfortable or at least self-sufficient. And... They noted that relationships with their mothers and fathers were often cold, distant, hostile, or aggressive. Hmm. So I think, to begin with, they're not being dealt like a great card, but also not the worst card. So I think it just kind of comes along with like the lack of not really being mm. able to know how to talk to people. So they're like trying to use fire and tricks and like all these showman things to like grab people's attention and like kind of woo them i yeah i mean i almost wonder too though if there's like not an extra because this this guy is not just trying to set fire to an empty building he's trying to set intentionally kill people with the fire oh yeah so i mean there has to be a little bit more to his specific diagnosis too um but, and his, you know, his motivations for doing this are going to be a little bit different, where I feel like if you're just an arsonist, you don't 
necessarily actually want to hurt anyone. Yeah, I mean, like, there's also, like, different kinds of, like, reasons to set arson. Like, I mean, you and I listen to a shit ton of true crime things. A lot of arson happens to, like, cover up evidence of something. Sure, yeah. Um, And then I think it's kind of a detached way to kill people. Like, you're not stabbing them, you're right. not shooting yeah, them. Right, yeah, you don't you're actually just, like, have to have, it's, a, like, a passive... Um, yeah, you're, like, setting their murder. environment on, on fire rather than, like, them. Except, I mean, he's legitimately setting people on fire. Yeah, and he's sticking around. So a lot of arsons also don't stick around to watch, and he is. Yeah, you he, know, he's he just, wants to he's be, wild. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of true crime, and you just reminded me, I just finished this book and highly recommend, but it is fucked up. It's I read it all in, like, a day because I was oh, like... Geez. But it's called um, If You Tell, and okay. it is the story of um, Kathy, no, I'm sorry, um, Shelly, let me grab her last name, Michelle Notuk, Notick, maybe, I'm so bad with names, but either way, really fucked up, um, so Michelle Notick was the murderer, um, and the story is largely told um, from the perspective of her three daughters who okay. both, like, watched the um, abuse happen and were heavily abused themselves. And it's it's really, really heavy. And, like, there was a couple times where I was like, oh, my God, I don't, I don't know if I can finish this. But, like, fuck, it was a really written, like, very well-written book. So Okay, sick. That's my um, <laughs> that's my book recommendation of the week. Sorry, guys. Um, I have a another like side note because I went down into like a little murder hole yesterday, but okay. Like, did you ever hear about like the Lululemon murder? I have actually. That shit is wild. Yes, absolutely I insane. Oh my God, when did I? I just heard about that like a couple months ago. Um, yeah, I think it happened, like, quite a while ago. Oh, yeah. It happened like, in, like, 2011. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I didn't hear Ooh. about it until pretty recently. And I forget. I, it must have been on a podcast, I'm sure. Yeah. And I found out about it, but I was like, it's insane. Abs- I mean, <laughs> I, like, legitimately went on, like, a five-hour hole onto it yeah. last night. Disgusting. Oh, yeah. But it's anyways. <laughs> wild. Anyways, yeah, if if you're looking for something to do, uh, there you go. But, yeah, so we are at this bar and Cecil has the cough syrup and then he's kind of flirting with this woman and she's digging it. So, like, I don't understand why he's like, okay, gotta set the whole place on fire. But she pulls out a cigarette and she's talking to him and she's like, ooh, I love your accent. And, you know, whatever. Typical shit. Yeah. Um, And he's like, oh, hold on. Like, let me get that for you. And lights his finger on fire to <sighs> help light her cigarette. Which, but she's totally into. I mean, that could be a party trick that you do. And, like, tons of girls are just going to be like, oh, my God, that's awesome. He's magic. Boom. You know, that's all you needed to do. You did not need to set the whole place on fire. Yeah, but he's, like, sadistic as fuck. Yeah, true. Okay. 
He's like a sadistic, chaotic man. <laughs> Very chaotic, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he burns the whole whole bar down, and then we uh, the next scene is that woman from the bar. Um, she's in the hospital, and Scully and Phoebe, I mean Scully, uh, Mulder <laughs> and Phoebe go to interview her. And she doesn't really have a ton of information. She remembers that he um, had an English accent and gives, like, the most vague of vague descriptions. She's like, he was mildly handsome and had brownish hair that was an undetermined length. And it's like, oh, that'll help. Thank you. (laughs) So helpful. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so they kind of at least get some information from her. They find out that the guy was English. Um, and then this is where Phoebe kind of crosses a line, I think. Okay. Um, so she kind of starts talking about, like, how... I forget exactly what she says, but she kind of is, like, coming on to Mulder, and he's like, let's just focus on the case right now. Like, oh, you know, is this like, one... She brings up them fucking on yes, the gravestone. It is. Okay, so like <laughs> this whole time they've just making they've been making like stupid um puns about like um Sherlock Sherlock Holmes and and Watson and it, it like doesn't make any sense and Scully kind of picks up on it and she's like what is up with this and he's like it's an inside joke. And then they fucked on Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's grave, which was who wrote Sherlock. Wrote, yes, um, and you nasties. She, yeah, she's like, don't you remember a certain youthful indiscretion atop Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's grave? I'm like, bro, fucking on someone's grave is rude. Okay, <laughs> can I just say that? Like, that's rude. You shouldn't do it. I agree, and I am a goth who loves graveyards, and I wouldn't do it's it. It's not spooky. It's disrespectful. Yeah. Fuck you. Don't do that. Hang out in graveyards. Please don't fuck in them. Yeah. What? <laughs> Come on. It's not that cool. You're not edgy. Stop it. Yeah. Um. But anyway, she brings it up, and then Mulder's like, anyways, like I said, we're going to focus on the case. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Um, And... Then we kind of have the background of Scully telling how she believes that the killer is going off of sexual urges that basically are unfulfilled because of his lack of social skills. So this whole episode is basically just supposed to be hot and spicy and all about sex, I think. But that might just be me. Yeah, I mean, I think it is, but I'm not entertained. Yeah, no, not in the exciting way unfortunately but um we see Cecil he's um with the boys who again I know I already said this is the most English family I've ever seen yeah but they're like always wearing two, <laughs> these two little boys are like too much for me I can't um but he shows the kids a magic trick where he's pulling a lit cigarette out of his ear and the boys are all, you know, excited and whatever. And he I have a problem with this, can I say? Yes, definitely. 
He's like the kind of dude that gets kids to smoke cigarettes when they're like eight or nine years old. I mean, yeah, that's what he was he's like trying to making do. it look super cool. And they're like fascinated. And I'm like, can you not do that? I like, mean, and not only that, he literally is like, do you want to smoke it? And they're like, no, they're not good for you. And he's like, OK, so why don't you just hold it? And it's like, dude, what? No, stop it. But obviously your he <laughs> wants to set them on fire, probably. So, yeah. Um, thankfully, maniac. the mom comes and <laughs> kind of um, stops all of that from, yeah, <laughs> intervenes. Thank you. That's the word that I was thinking of. Um, and yeah then we kind of find out so um what what happens from there they're supposed to go to a party in boston like the family is and Um, that's where the mother comes out to ask cecil um if he wouldn't mind driving them because the driver is so sick yeah and um so they're going to go, and then Mulder and Phoebe kind of make a plan to have, like, a setup, essentially, and see if anything happens. Um, so they're going to go, and then Phoebe very casually mentions, she's like, oh, by the way, I have a room for the night at the hotel. And it's like, yeah, bitch, like, obviously you live in England. Like, where <laughs> else would you be staying? Of course you have a room in a hotel. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh my god. What? <laughs> I hate it. I hate her. That's so funny. Like, <sighs> no, I thought you were going to sleep in your car. Like, I can't. She's too proper for that. But Mulder is kind of like, again, recognizes what she's going to, what she's trying to get to, and is like, okay. He's probably like, yeah, I know. You're from England. Of course <laughs> you have a hotel room for, for the night. Um, anyways. They get there. Well, Mulder gets there first, right? Yeah, So, and he's in the hotel room, and Scully calls him and is like, hey, like, I need to talk to you about something. I found something. Yeah. And He's like, I'm busy for the night. No, he, I mean, yes, but he says, I'm kind of anticipating having my hands full. Yeah. And I'm like, Mulder, you dog. Well, to be fair for Mulder, they think that it's going to be, like, a trap at the party. So if something does go down, regardless of Phoebe, his hands will be full. (laughs) Yes, but I think that they're, I think in that moment, it's clear that, like, Mulder's kind of like, Scully, don't come. Because he knows that it'll be... give him the benefit of the doubt here. Mm, I don't know. He's your man. He... What? You're the one who thinks he's cute. I mean, yes, but... He's still a dog. Okay. I mean, come on. But either (laughs) way. So, they get there. Um, Phoebe is all dressed up to the fucking nines. And she is like... They, she asks Mulder to dance with her. And Well, this he is does. after they did some, like, recon work. I mean, yeah. So it, it is, like... Because they're taking a break, and I don't like it because she's fucking distracting him. Yeah. 
And yeah, I mean, lo basically, and behold, while they're doing this, shit goes down. And it probably wouldn't have gone down if they weren't fucking dancing. True. Yeah, so they it's start dancing, TV. and um, Mulder's like, it looks like your suspect's not going to show after all. And then Phoebe goes, that doesn't mean there won't be any fire to put out. It's like, ugh, shut up. And then it's sad because they're dancing and then Scully gets there and she's like, fuck, what do I do? She like keeps like going back and forth between like looking at them. It is really sad. But when she turns around from them, she like looks down the hallway and Cecil's, Cecil Bob, whatever you want to call him. Cecil Bob. Yeah, we'll just call him that. Cecil Bob. (laughs) He's in the hallway and she like kind of sees him and she's like mm. and then she turns back around to kind of head towards Mulder and then yet again turns around to go down the hallway and Cecil Bob is gone already so she's like mm. okay. yeah and then she goes to check basically on like the fire alarm but it's not yeah. an alarm it just lights up and it doesn't alert anyone it's a very ineffective system <laughs> <laughs> um, but she sees there's a fire on the 14th floor which is where the children are. That's where the children are. If when I was watching this, what did I write in my notes? I was like, if these kids die, it's like your fucking fault. Right. Mulder uh, and Phoebe's not not Scully's. I mean, she's like the obviously. only one that's trying to save the fucking day. Yeah. So Mulder runs up to the fourteenth floor and he has to face his fears. But he... It doesn't work very well. <laughs> he doesn't do it. So he, like, basically passes out. Thankfully, the kids do get out. Because, because of Cecil, Cecil got them out and is acting like a, a hero. Also, if I am remembering correctly, doesn't he get off the elevator? He does. And elevators... You... Cannot take an elevator. No, they don't. Come on, people. You can't take an elevator during a fire. If you try to do that, you're dumb. Please do not. Sorry. I mean, he is dumb. He is dumb, but like also, like the only the the only reason he's doing this is because he wants like affectionate attention from the mom. Right. Yeah. So he gets all the credit for saving their lives, um, and then. Poor Mulder kind of failed, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I don't and feel then bad. he wakes up and Scully's taking care of him. And he's very upset, though. He's like freaking out and is kind of just like, I froze. I don't. Actually, <laughs> what he says is, I haired out, plain and simple. I which, have never heard that. That's not a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to believe that's a phrase. I, I don't like it. I'm it's gonna disgusting. look it up if that is even I don't think it's a phrase. I I don't think so. But like the only reason any of this case gets solved is because of Scully, who's not even, you know, part of the task force on this fucking thing because they wanted to exclude her. Right. Um yeah, and then, so Mulder also 
does this kind of weird thing that I noticed, which he, all right, so he, like, wakes up, he's walking around, he's talking to Scully, right, and he is just, like, in shorts, maybe boxers, kind of hard to tell, but either way, like, he basically is naked, and then he goes into the bathroom and he puts his robe on, and then Phoebe comes in, and he, like, says hi to Phoebe with his robe, like, completely open, but then as soon as she looks at him, he, like, bundles up and, like, ties it and is like, don't look at me, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, um, which, I mean, I get it, because he's, like, not comfortable with Phoebe, but it's just, like, weird. It's also weird that he was so comfortable with Scully, because, I mean, if, I don't know, it almost I mean... seemed, like, indifference to me, because he's, like, I feel like if he, if there was, like, a connection between him and Scully, which, like, I do think there is, but I don't think they do a very good job showing it a lot of, in the first season. Well, like, I think they're really trying to, like, like, the character is not, like, the writing of it. Yeah. I think they're trying to be, like, no, we work together, like, let's do our job, but we can still enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Um, And I think with the extent of how well they're getting along and, like, how their dynamic is changing. They're purely just, like, comfortable. I mean, think about what the first episode Scully is, like, in front of, of him in her sure. underwear. Like, yeah. they established that very quickly. And I think to if, like, an ex came back into the picture, even if, like, you were down with him or if you weren't, like, I think it still takes a bit of time to, like, get back to that point. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially if the person that you're literally, like, I mean, let's face it, they're in love. (laughs) If, like, that person is there currently and, like, the secondary person comes in, it's, like, a little little weird. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, But either way, yeah, she kind of, she comes in um, and she basically is, like, okay, well everything like problem solved like she's like i'm going the family's going back to england they're packing up i it's just like bizarre to me but whatever yeah. um and then phoebe's like i'm gonna be leaving in a few days too but scully basically is on it and she does all this research she has people basically checking out um like, all the airport records and stuff to yeah, figure out. Yeah, she's looking through the immigration files. Yes, thank you. Those were the words that I needed, yeah. but I well, could not find. the woman from the bar was like, he has an English accent. So, um, and obviously, since that kind of correlates, I think that was, like, the connecting factor because the people that have been targeted were part of, like, the English parliament. Yeah. And that's the reason this family is in America. So she, like, wants the deets on people that have come through the immigration or through the border, specifically from, like, UK area. Yeah. And um, so Scully's kind of been, like, a little bit um, skeptical of Bob in the first place. And she was like, what what was going on? Why was the driver taking care of um the children like what like what happened here so she was already really skeptical but the um family kind of assures her they're like no like they he's been 
an employee for 10 years because she keeps referring to him as the driver right so she's like i think the driver is responsible for this and they're like no like he's been our employee for 10 years he has no like history of of anything he's fine um and then um phoebe also tells scully that she like checked out the driver right it's like mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, but you didn't do it thoroughly enough. <laughs> yeah, and then um, she gets a composite sketch, right, of... Um, yeah, Interpol... Of, um, of through the composite yeah. sketch from the woman, and it is Cecil Bob. Yeah, and they um, find out that even though... Uh, Cecil, Cecil, he does not have a record, or at least they they didn't see one before, but also they find out, or Scully finds out, no one else is doing any fucking work here, (laughs) let's be honest, but Scully finds out that Cecil Lively died in a fire years ago, Mm -hmm. Um, and then they also find out there was a Cecil Lively, but he put an apostrophe between the L and the I. Who came through from England, like, what, a week ago or whatever? Yeah. So he's, she's like, this is our dude. But also, that version of the name also died with a group of kids from, like, a British satanic cult sacrifice. Oh, like, you're right, ten yes. ten years before the London fire. <laughs> right. So it's... Yes. It's wild up in here. <laughs> uh, yeah, all bizarre. Yeah, we find out that basically Cecil Lively is not Cecil Lively. He's a, he's a faker. He's oh an imposter. Wait, um, I just thought of the worst fucking joke. <laughs> I, I apologize oh in advance. He's um Cecil Deadly? Yeah, that's not, that's not it, Julia. <laughs> I can't. What is that laugh? Wait, stop. Everyone, just keep that laugh in the back of your brains. Just really burn it in there. Leave me alone. Because it's going to be important in a couple of minutes. Why? Oh, don't worry about it. Oh, no. Okay. And then on... So we find out, you know, Cecil's not who he says he is. And then Mulder goes to the house to warn them that it's the driver because they look at the composite and they're like that's the driver that that's him so um Mulder goes to warn everyone and then like randomly Phoebe is having an affair with the dad that she's trying to protect and it's like I what was the point I missed this what (laughs) I think I was looking up the stuff about the arsonist like characteristics and i missed that completely wow okay well (laughs) honestly i wish it hadn't happened because when i say there is no point to it like it does it help the story no does it help you understand who phoebe is as a character not really except we already knew she sucked and now she's fucking this woman's husband so like yeah like what else is new but yeah, she Mulder walks in and they're on the staircase like making out and then she's like uh this is awkward and he's like where's the rest of the family? 
Like, I don't give a shit. Bye. Um, but yeah, the rest of the family is on a walk, which like very daring to cheat on your wife right in her own home that you guys are renting for a week. Um, but regardless, like, I mean, I mean we the know whole thing is ballsy. Men, men like that are kind of dumb. Uh, yeah. They don't dumb. think things through very well. It's just, I, oh God, I, Phoebe is just the worst, but she probably is the type that like, she would have loved for the wife to actually come in and see it. Cause she just loves to like, be that type of person. She loves attention, you know, like a Leo does. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just bizarre, but either way, uh, Mulder pulls out the composite ch- sketch and shows the family and he's like, this is your driver. And they're like, that isn't the driver. That's the caretaker. And he's upstairs with the children right now. And it's like, oh no. Well, this is what you get for hiring sketchy people. I mean, yeah. Also, like, someone, he just came with the house and you're like, okay, sounds good. I'll let you take care of my children. Yeah. What? Bro, what? Yeah. Either way. Um... We find that the driver is burned to death over the toilet, which, I mean, nasty. Poor thing. Yeah. And Mulder's frantically trying to find the children, and then he's kind of caught off guard by Cecil, and Cecil's like, time to call 911, and then the whole fucking place goes up in flames, so... Thanks, dude. Caused on a lot of issues. Yeah. And so... I will say, when they're being rushed downstairs, I think Mulder is, like, staying upstairs trying to rescue the children because he's, like, second chance at, like, him being a hero. Sure, yeah. I noticed that when they were running downstairs... Phoebe actually, like, pushed Dana in front of her so she could actually, like, get safety. And I was like, okay, hmm. that was nice of you. That's, like, your one redeeming quality. That is nice. Like, um, Please sacrifice yourself for this situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Mulder kind of, like, um, you know, he points his gun at Cecil. And Cecil's like, you're not going to shoot me. But um, he, what, Mulder gets the kids, right? Yeah, his lungs are gonna fucking hate him, by the way. Oh, yeah. Poor thing. Um, There is, I will say, a kind of... So, during this scene, there's actually a part where you can tell that um, Mulder touches something. And you he kind of, like, winces and, like, pulls back. It's, like, a super short thing. Um, but I'm wondering, because actually, Mulder did... Or not Mulder, but David Duchovny actually did get burned during the shooting of this um, episode. Maybe and he and he still ha- he like has a permanent scar on his hand from it. And I I don't think it's supposed to be part of like it, it didn't seem like he was acting to me. It seems like they kept it in the part where he actually ended up getting burned. But I don't know. That's all speculation. Yeah. But either way. He gets the kids, um, and he is able to get Cecil, um, 
to like Cecil kind of starts to run downstairs but Scully has him at gunpoint and he's like you know you're you're not going to shoot me because the whole house will explode yeah um he says something about like the spark from the bullet will like ignite the house yeah which it kind of sounds like bullshit to me I don't know I don't think so though because like I mean think about it that whole house is covered in accelerant yeah, but why wouldn't have it already exploded then? I mean, I just don't think the gunshot will help. It will not help. Like, no. she could shoot him, <laughs> but, like, because he can combust? You think so? Yeah, I mean, he can catch on fire. I guess, yeah. So you think he would explode? I mean, I would love it if he did. I don't know. But he basically convinces her not to shoot. And then he thinks he's in the clear and he's going to get out of there. But then Phoebe throws a can of rocket fuel in his face. And we have the worst acting ever. (laughs) He's like spinning in like circles and just looks ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know. Um, But he goes i mean he basically goes up in flames right yeah and he has this really corny line where he's like you can't fight fire with fire and then he just burns um and we find out that he he lives yeah maniac (laughs) and not only does he live but he is being studied because his cells are regenerating at like an alarming rate so they actually expect him to be like back to normal essentially in a month which is like crazy um and so he's healing at he's regenerating his cells at like a crazy rate um green goes back to england or green um phoebe (laughs) goes phoebe green she goes back to England, as does the Marsden family. And, yeah, we don't really know. Mulder does kind of hint that he's worried about the future of um, Cecil being held in um, prison because he's afraid that he will be able to, obviously, like, burn things down. Yeah, <laughs> um, light it on fire. <laughs> and then the this ending scene is like my favorite part of this whole episode <laughs> really? so yeah it's so, so scully scully walks in and she goes in like a british accent and she goes care to take me to lunch and Mulder fucking jumps and he's like <laughs> what are you doing here but i just loved it because i think that's jillian anderson's real accent right so she can go in and out because I think when she did an interview at Paley Fest and she was talking in an English accent, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And apparently, I think she was born in the United States and she was raised here, but she's lived in the UK for a very, very long time. So she's kind of like adopted that accent. And I remember her saying that when she's like around British people, it comes through very strongly and, like, that is her accent. And then when she's, like, 
here more often she like has her american accent yeah sure but so i mean i yeah i think she can kind of go back and forth between the two the two accents like pretty easily right yeah yeah so um which is wild love her so much what a babe i know (laughs) but it's just so funny because she like to think that she's doing that like british accent but it's like actually just her accent yeah Mulder says again where he's like something about listening to the tape right yeah phoebe leaves another tape and he decides not to listen to it yeah and scully's like you're not gonna listen to it and he's like 10 to 1 you can't dance to it (laughs) and that's all folks yeah we did get like another really dumb corny line from cecil though when he's in the hospital and oh yes he needs anything he goes i'm dying for his cigarette i'm like go away just please Uh, and then he no not only that though he's like i'm dying for his cigarette and then he like flicks his tongue and it's so bleh i hate it yeah he he grows oh it's so bad yeah (sighs) man do what it, what's going on? Do you have anything? Do you have any um, cool facts? I do. Um, we talked about Sherlock, though, because Sherlock was, like, a very heavy reference in this episode. But, yeah, so, you know, they fucked on the tombstone of the author who created Sherlock. Um, Phoebe makes a reference to a three-pipe problem, which is an expression used in a Sherlock story. Um, Scully asks Mulder if the game is afoot, which is also used many times in Sherlock novels. And then Scully calls Mulder Sherlock and he calls her Watson. You know? Whoop whoop. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Malcolm Marston was named after the series hairstylist. Oh. Woohoo. And an X-File referring to the events in this episode is named 1121... 4893 and 1121 was the birth date of Dory Carter, who is Chris Carter's wife, and the episode was filmed in 1993. Cool, cool. Okay. Um, oh, yes, this is my favorite one. The part where Scully is shown typing away at her, at her computer is a reused shot from Squeeze when she was working on her profile for Tombs. And you can oh, see shit. crime scene photos of one of the victor victims. Well, next to the keyboard. Huh. Yeah, which like made me want to go back, but I didn't. <laughs> I love that because I'm lazy. But yeah, Same. that's all I have. Um, I also do. You, do you know um who plays Cecil? No. Oh boy. He's pretty. He's pretty famous. Um, Mark Shepard. Wait. He is most known for Supernatural. Okay, I don't watch Supernatural. Um, and then he was also in Battlestar Galactica, um, Doctor Who, and a couple of other... Um, and he actually is English. These are all shows I do not watch. <laughs> gotcha. Wait, well, why did you tell me to keep my laugh in mind? Oh my god, I'm such an asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> when Cecil is, like, burning on the fucking lawn and he makes, like, this cackling and that's what You're it sounded so- like. <laughs> that's so rude. 
Well. I know my laugh is terrible, okay? And I'm sorry to all the listeners. It's ugly. I know that. I can't help it. I truly can't. Cecil has this, like, diabolical, like, he's like, hey, 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 hey. That's you. So, that's, that's you. I love it. I've never been called diabolical before. Just your laugh, not actually you. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's so funny. All right. That's all, folks. Next week's is called Beyond the Sea. Mm. Um, and it's another Monster of the Week episode. Seriously. I do like this one, though. I do, too. I'm pretty uh, excited. It's basically about, like, Scully's words. We get a little bit more about Scully on this episode, so. Nice. Yep. I'm excited about it. But, yeah. Yay. Okay, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And, yeah. um... You know, as usual, please follow, like, subscribe, and review us. On Apple Podcasts, we still only have, like, five reviews. Well, five ratings and one review, and, like, an actual typed-out review would be very, very kind, if you will. Yes, please. If you are my friend, please leave a review. If you are not our friends, even more, please leave a review, because then it's like, I mean... It's definitely cooler if anyone that's not our friend likes this podcast, so. Yeah. We do Anyways. have, like, quite a few percentages of listeners in other countries, though, which makes me very happy. Me too. Yeah, it is exciting. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. All right. So we'll see you next week. Stay spooky. And stay safe. Sorry, I fucked that one up. No, we just did it backwards. <laughs> it's fine. All right, bye. Bye.